Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Worth time here, I forget now, but uh, uh, just a great uh, privilege, amen, uh, to, uh, to come and to minister, and so praise God. Uh, uh, Open your hearts this week. Amen. Open your hearts. One of the things that I've learned uh, in ministering is that sometimes, you know, we, we as an evangelist, as a pastor, you're kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to start the revival with this and with this, and then we'll go to here and here. But I've learned through the years that God goes, don't, don't figure me out. You're not going to figure me out. You're not going to. Uh, this isn't a formula. I was just in San Antonio this last week, and God just continually, uh, nope, nope, you're not going to preach that. Put that sermon away. You're going to preach this. And I'm kind of like, uh, okay, all right. And so uh, this morning, the very first morning, I just want to say, open your heart this week and let God speak to you and uh, minister. If you have your Bibles, a book of James uh, chapter 3, so when you're starting a revival, uh, always the question is, how do you begin it, and then how do you end it? And uh, uh, because you know you want to kind of set the tone uh, when this thing begins. And uh, and so this morning I want to minister on something, and I'm going I'm to be honest. This sermon, it's uh, uh, it's not like God gave me this revelation specifically for this congregation. I'm going to be honest, I've been preaching the living daylights out of this sermon lately because uh, uh, there's just a, a fresh revelation of this. I've watched this at work, and uh, how many here have ever used your GPS? I mean, I'm I still, you know, I keep forgetting I have a GPS on my phone. I am a techno-illiterate. And, uh, and so I keep forgetting that I have a GPS on the phone. So I, I pull out my Garmin, you know, on my truck, and I'm punching this thing in, you know, and then I put it on my dashboard. And so there's times that I've set the GPS to take me and I'll tell the pastor, listen, listen, save the airfare. There's no need for you to pay this, this airfare. I can drive to you. I, I, I love road trips anyway. I live for Cheetos and Coke, you know, driving down the road and spitting sunflower seeds out the window, you know. And so I said, let me, let me, let me drive to you. So I'll set the GPS, but on a few occasions, it's really interesting as I pull into town, I can see the church. I can see the sign. There it is, right there. You know, the potter's house. You know, Victory Chapel, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, there it is. You know, it might be half a mile down, a quarter mile down the road. 
and the GPS suddenly goes, at the corner, turn right. And I'm, but the church is right there. And, and I'm like, well, maybe it knows something. I don't, you know. And so I turn right like an idiot, you know, even though I could see the road is straight. Next thing you know, it's taking me through a neighborhood where I'm like, this is an unsavory neighborhood, you know, and and, and I'm, you know, and then it takes me, you know, now turn left. And, and I'm like, where is my GPS taking me? And I don't know if that's just something. I have this weird ability to cause electronic things to go nuts. And I said, like, maybe it's the static electricity in my body or something, you know, and, 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 and on a few occasions, I'm like, it's right there, or the hardware store, or wherever it is I'm wanting to go, and I'm like, well, I, I, well, okay, and it gives me directions that it's, it's nuts. Okay, listen to me carefully. We have <coughs> a built-in GPS in our life, and that is called your words. Life follows words. If you don't hear anything else this morning, the GPS of life is words. You can have talent, you can have ability, you can have anointing, you can have potential, you can, you can have a revival, and every revival, the evangelist calls you out and says, oh, for thou art stupendous, thou shalt go out and come in, and and all these different things, and you're going, yeah, 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 he gave me the word, yeah. The problem is, is you can have all the potential in the kingdom, but your life is going to follow your words. Not a word that was given to you, not a prophecy, not because I've seen people literally self-destruct their faith by the words that they were speaking. And so I want to minister the GPS of life and James chapter 3, verse 1. Be not many teachers, my brothers, knowing that we shall receive the heavier judgment. For in many things we all stumble. If any man stumbles not in word, the same is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body also. In other words, if a guy can get a hold of his mouth, this guy's got his act together, okay? Now, if we uh, put... Uh, 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 bridles in the horses' mouths, they, uh, they obey us. We turn about their whole body also. Behold, the ships also that they are so great and are driven by rough winds are yet turned by a very small rudder wherever the steerman or the helmsman wills. So the tongue also is a little member and it boasts great things. Behold, how much wood is kindled by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire and the world of iniquity. Among our members is the tongue which defiles the whole body. And now listen to this. And sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire itself by hell. What's he saying there? He says that there is a course that God wants to take you. God wants to take you in a certain path, in a certain direction. Your words have the ability to set that course on fire. Okay. 
For every kind of beast and bird and creeping thing and things of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we the Lord the Father and therewith curse we men who are made after the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth cometh forth blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, this morning, God, for a word fitly spoken, God, a word in due season. I pray, God, open the eyes of your people, God, and change the course that they may be taking, God, unto the course of your will, your plan, and your purpose for their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk, first of all, about made in the image of God. So everyone here, you don't have to be saved very long. And you, you know, you read in the Bible, the Bible begins, in the beginning, God, okay? So here we are, that, it, it, that we are made in the image of God, okay? That is one of the most understated, under, under, uh, uh, understood, misunderstood scriptures. When people read that scripture, they go, well, I mean, I'm made in the image of God. God must have two arms, two hands, two legs, two eyes, and no... He must have all these things. And that is true, but that word image is not a one-dimensional word. In other words, we are made in the image of God. That term image is multi-dimensional. And what I mean by that is that we know that God created the universe by speaking the words. Pastor Dragoon made that statement. In six days, he created the universe. But what that word image means is that he has put into mankind multi-dimensions in us. And what I mean is uh, that he has put, for example, emotions. God has emotions. He's not this robotic being that sits on a throne. The Bible says he loves. The Bible says he hates. The Bible says he can become angry. The Bible says he has compassion and mercy and forgiveness. These are emotions. So he puts into mankind emotion. Animals do not have emotion. He has put into mankind, for example, the ability to think and to calculate, to estimate, to deduce, to come to conclusions that you can sit here and somebody can present to you a problem. How many have ever come home and you hear those words, we have a problem, okay? And, and, and so you're sitting there and you're having to figure out, okay, uh, something's happened, this situation, and you're having to sit there and, and think this thing through, Okay, and so we have the ability to do this. We have the ability to change our minds. We have the ability to, to we want to kill somebody. You're so angry and upset at someone. Then all of a sudden, uh, you begin to pray and you begin to think about it. And you go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to show compassion and love. I'm going to forgive. That's God-given, the ability to do that. We have the ability, like I said, to calculate. Animals have instinct. They do what they do because that's what they do. We, on the other hand, are totally different. We're able to feel in all these things. 
Listen to me carefully. He's also put into us eternity. We are an eternal creature. Animals do not have a spirit. Sorry to, to, to you know what I mean? Uh, Fido uh, and, uh, and uh, little Buffy the kitten uh, are not eternal beings and, uh, and, and he has put in us because God is an eternal being. He has dropped eternity into our spirit in that we are eternal spirits. We are going to live forever. People go, I'm born again now. I'm going to live forever. Got news for you. You were going to live forever anyway. He's put eternity into us. The question is, where are you going to live forever? Okay? So what you need to be saying is, praise God, I'm saved now. I'm going to live forever in heaven. Okay? All right. But here's what I'm after. One of the most powerful dimensions that God has put into mankind is the ability to create with our words. We have the ability to create and we have the ability to destroy merely by speaking it. In the beginning, the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a firmament. Firmament. firmament, Okay. And God said, and he has put this ability into you and I being eternal creatures made in the image and the likeness of God that we have the ability to literally create and destroy with the words that we speak. Let me me give you an example. (coughs) Please bear with me here. I'm, I'm getting over something. They put me on antibiotics while I was in San Antonio. I caught some kind of a bug. That I shouldn't have went to China. And so anyway, so here is Ezekiel. God is going to create a miracle. He's going to make a creative miracle. Remember the valley of dry bones. This is death. This is nothing. He brings the prophet to the valley of dry bones. He says, can these bones live? He says, you know they can, Lord. And then he says, speak. So here he is. Remember, there's in different stages. Three times he tells the prophet, prophesy over these bones. In other words, I want you to speak words. He's going to create something. He doesn't say, Ezekiel, dance, man, dance. I want you to dance. I want you to wave your hands. I, uh, you, you know, wave your hands over those bones. What does he tell the prophet? Speak over them. Balaam is going to curse the nation of Israel. And so here's this backslidden prophet. He's up on the hill. He sees Israel passing by. As he's getting ready to speak curse over the nation of Israel, here's God. I cannot let him speak those words. I cannot allow him to release those words against my people. He works a miracle, fills Balaam's mouth with words of blessing, and every time he goes to speak blessing, or excuse me, speak curse, instead a blessing comes out, because why? 
because God understands the power of words. Which blessing, by the way, which in 2020, Israel is still living. They are experiencing the very words of prophecy <coughs> that the prophet uh, spoke over them. So here it is. We have the same ability. Let me give you another example. How many have ever come to church and you're in a bad mood? <coughs> How many have ever come to church and you're depressed? Husbands, wives, you come to church, maybe you're fighting. And you come to church and you're arguing with each other. And then you're slamming the door and she's slamming the door. And then as you start walking toward the door, you start smiling. And you're like, hey, hey, God bless you, you know. But the reality, you're in a bad mood, or you're depressed, or you're just, you're just discouraged. You come to church, you go into prayer meeting, and suddenly something begins to happen. Think about this. What is prayer? It is speaking words. You speak by faith what it is that you want to see God do. Amen. You, you go in there and you say, you know what, by faith, I'm going to release these words. Then you come into the church service and the band starts singing, music starts playing, you start singing the words and those burdens that you came in, suddenly you begin to notice, begin to start lifting off. And it's like the presence of God fills. You begin to realize, you know what, my problems aren't the end of the world. Everybody's got problems, but my God is bigger. <laughs> what just happened there? You spoke words. Singing the song. What were you doing? This is why you want to sing. Amen. You want to participate. Because what you're doing is when you're singing words of praise and words of worship, all you are doing is simply speaking words, albeit to rhythm and music, but you're speaking words. And suddenly the presence of God comes in lifts your burden, fills the room, God has dominion, and you walk out with the victory. When the patriarchs would bless their children, they would lay hands on their children and speak blessing and destiny uh, over them. I pray, I have uh, uh, two grandsons that live with me. They will not go to bed until I pray for them. And so here, it's a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old, and so here, uh, uh, especially the four-year-old, the 10-year-old, you know, he, uh, he's lived with me most of his life, and now his little brother is doing it, where he'll walk in, it's time for bed, and they come marching into the bedroom or into the living room, wherever I'm at, and they will go, Grandpa, pray for me. And they, and they you know, they, they lean forward, I lay my hands on them, I pray, but what am I doing? I'm pronouncing blessing over them. Okay, so let's talk about the GPS. Because the reality of life is that you set the course of your life by way of your words. The Bible says in verse 3 in the text, uh, verse 3 and verse 4, it says we put bits into the horses' mouths and, so, and, and the rudders uh, on the ship. So, you can have the most beautiful, powerful horse, but the moment you put that bridle on and slide that bit into the mouth of the horse, that horse is going to go wherever that little five-year-old girl, you could put a saddle on the horse and put a little five-year-old girl on that horse, 
That horse is going to go where she's pulling the reins, where the, where the bit is pulling on the, on the uh, mouth of the horse. The ship, here we are in Norfolk. Here's some of the most powerful ships in the world. I mean, uh, aircraft carriers come out of this harbor. And so here you can have this massive, incredible machinery of war next to the nuclear bomb, the aircraft carrier is the next most powerful weapon that we can literally sail an airport to the shore of a country and we'll turn your nation into a parking lot. God bless America. (laughs) But think about this aircraft carrier that here, 10 floors above sea level in the conning tower (laughs) is a skipper that he will say, (coughs) excuse me, to the 18-year-old zit-faced kid from Des Moines, the skipper will sit there and give a command, right standard rudder. And the helmsman will sit there and go, right standard rudder, aye. And he'll sit there and turn the wheel, and 10 floors below sea level, the rudder, which is just a fraction of the size of that aircraft carrier, those rudders are going to turn wherever that kid turns the wheel And that massive, massive piece of machinery is going to go wherever that kid turns the wheel. And James takes that picture and he says, that's exactly the way your words work. That you can have all the potential, you can have all the abilities, you can have talents, you can have skills, you can have promise, you can have words from every evangelist that comes into town and prophesied over you, and James is going, no, 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 no. You're going to go where your words direct you. I'm reading an article a while back about a man that was killed uh, because his GPS, so here he is, he's driving somewhere in the middle of that. In fact, it was, it was out here. It was in this neck of the woods. He's driving somewhere, and his GPS says, okay, you know, you're coming to the river. Just stay on the road and go over the bridge and go over the river. The problem was, as he followed the directions, and in the last moment realizes there is no bridge. And he goes into the river, and he survived, but his, his car is probably out in the Atlantic somewhere now, you know. But, but uh, in California, an elderly couple, they're on their way to visit uh, uh, one of their children, a, a, uh, 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 I believe it was a great-grandchild, is born. They're going to go visit the child. They set the GPS to take them to whatever city. And as they're going, the GPS, they are supposed to turn right onto the road. The GPS said turn left. It takes them into Death Valley. They run out of gas. They have no cell phone, and they die of exposure. And so they called the article Death by GPS, I believe it was called. Because the GPS, they're, they're supposed to be over here. The GPS is saying, no, no, no. Or excuse me, uh, uh, in reality, they're supposed to be here in this city, but the GPS says, no, you're going to go this way. Okay? Listen to me carefully. That scripture that James says, that your words have the ability to set on fire the course of nature. Another translation, the course of life itself. Meaning that God can be over here and saying, 
Over here, this way, this way. Destiny is this way. Blessing, dominion, favor is this way. Over here, but you're speaking words that you should not be speaking and your words are going to take you this way. Irregardless of all the potential that you have in the kingdom, irregardless of all the prophecies, and you can have skills and ability, like I said, and the whole time God's going, what are you doing? What are you doing over here? But you keep speaking them words that you shouldn't be speaking. Words like, why did I ever marry you? I, I hate you. Words like, we're never going to have money. I'm never going to have a good job. We're always going to be broke. We're never going to get ahead. It's always one thing after another. You stupid kid. God, you're stupid. Mom, Dad, never call your children stupid. Your children, let me, let me throw this out. Your children live in the shadow of the words that you speak over them. They, they absorb the words that you speak and they, they file it away. Not only that, words have the ability to release blessing and cursing. What kind of words are you speaking over your marriage? your children. When I lay hands on my two grandsons and, and, and uh, I go into the 10-year-old's room, pray for him, go into the 4-year-old, I lay hands on them and I say, may they preach to thousands and may they lead 10,000s to you in their lifetime. Your life is going to follow the words you speak. What kind of words have you been speaking this week? I want to challenge this church. This week, starting right now, you are not going to speak a negative word this week. You're going to speak what you want to see God do in your life. So let's talk about neighborhoods. So I just moved back to Chandler. I spent two years in California and lived. <clears throat> so I move into this neighborhood. One evening we find a house. It's like, okay, it's in a decent neighborhood, don't have to worry about, you know what I mean, I don't have to give my wife a baseball bat when she walks down to the community mailbox, you know, to check the mail. Kind of, it's like, it's okay, it's a nice neighborhood. So we go in there and we start the unloading process. This is in the evening. So the next morning, you know, before I start continuing unloading, I walk outside, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, I'm standing there on the front, you know, if you want to call it a front yard, you know, I'm standing there drinking a cup of coffee. And this Chinese lady walks by. She's walking her dog. And so I'm looking at her, and, and I said, uh, Ni hao. She goes, ah, oh, ni hao. 
She goes, oh, you know, she goes, three thirty. Oh, she goes, all right. And I went. <laughs> and I said, how, how first? And, she, and, and, you know, which means the soup is delicious. Because <laughs> I don't know much Chinese, you know. So I only go to restaurants. And so, you know, I, I said, oh, the soup is delicious. And she goes. <laughs> and she's walking away. And then a few minutes later, this Chinese gentleman walking his poodle walks by. They love those poodles. He comes walking by and, you know, it's like, good morning. Oh, good, good morning, good morning. He walks by. Ten minutes later, I, I'm still standing there. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Then another oriental lady comes walking by. And I'm going, there's a pattern here. I, just, I discover that this little neighborhood that I've moved in is 80% oriental, Asian. And, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Then uh, probably... Uh, 15, another 15, 16% were, were uh, Indian, you know, and, and there was a, I think there was two white families and two Hispanic families in the whole area, but the rest was overwhelmingly Chinese. Now, think about this for a minute. I'm driving across Los Angeles, me and my family, we're driving to the Holy Land, Universal Studios. <laughs> and as we're driving, I'm watching signs. Little Italy, next exit. Keep going. Little India. Little Pakistan. Little Bangladesh. Yes, Bangladesh has their own little enclave. Uh, Chinatown, okay? Uh, there was no, I thought it was very interesting, there is no sign that says Little Mexico because California is Mexico. And, and, and uh, they've, 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 they've taken over. And so, and so I'm driving along. Why do people live in these enclaves? Why did, here's this neighborhood that I'm, I've moved into and, and uh, uh, they're Asian. Why is that? Imagine if supernaturally this entire congregation, imagine if we went to Germany, suddenly all of a sudden, boom, we're translated and we're in Munich, Germany. No doubt, and, 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 and so we've got to find a place to stay What's going to happen is, ultimately, we're going to start talking to each other and go, did you find a place? Yes, we found a place. Where? Where are you living? And we're going to end up living near each other. Why? Because we speak the same language. I'm in China. I've been blessed to be able to visit my son Paul and his family. He's been a missionary for three and a half years in Shanghai. And they just recently rotated back. They just got back to Chandler last week, and, and I, in fact, I've yet to see him. <laughs> so I'm waiting to get home so I can see him. He's been in China. So we're on the subway, and if you know anything about the Chinese culture, they have no concept of personal space. I mean, you pull out a phone to talk, and, and, and three heads suddenly appear in front of you as they're going... You know, they're looking at you and looking at the phone, and, and they have, and so you're on this subway, and you're up close and personal. I mean, there's a lady behind you, and you're like, hey, hey, and, and, and to them, it's not insulting. That's just the culture. So suddenly, I'm on this crowded subway train, and I hear somebody go, oh, that's, that's awesome, dude, and I I start making my way. 
across. I like to go to China because I'm tall there. So I'm, I'm making my way to the other end of the train, and I go, you spoke English. And he goes, yeah. I said, where are you from? And he says, Canada. And I went, oh. I'll stick with the Chinese people. But he grabbed my attention because he speaks my language. God has a language. If you want God, the Bible says, to draw near you, to draw nigh to you, you have to speak his language. Just like that guy got my attention. You grab the attention of God when you speak his language. What is the language of God? Faith. It's faith. You have to speak what God is speaking. When you, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, again, it's like I'll go, I'll go to somebody, and I remember we were in the other Holy Land, Disneyland, and, and, and so here uh, are the Japanese. They come, I mean, they're you know, with the flag, the banner, you know, come on this way, you know, and everybody's going, oh, oh, you know, oh, taking a picture, you know, and here they are, and, and, and so here's this, this one couple, this, this uh, probably about my age, and and, uh, and, you know, and it was in the evening, and so we're standing in line by each other. And I said, uh, Konnichiwa. And he goes, Oh, Konnichiwa. And, and I went, How and, 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 you know, I'm like, Rats, I keep getting into these situations here. And, 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 but, but very simply, I said, Good evening to him. And immediately he responded. But listen to me. How many have ever been somewhere and somebody's going, you know, and you're like, I haven't the foggiest. Listen to me. Where many people mess up is they want, God, I need your help. God, help me. I'm dying over here. And God goes, but you're not speaking my language. I don't know what you're saying. You're going, oh, life sucks and my my family and the kids are the child and I'm always broke and everything's nothing and nothing's working right and I hate this place and I hate life and everything's going wrong and, and you know what you're saying to God you're going <laughs> God goes I don't speak that language I speak faith you want me to move in your family you gotta speak my language you want me to move in your economics? You gotta speak my language. You want God to bless your children? You gotta speak my language is what God is saying. You've gotta speak faith. But the mistake that people make so much is we speak our emotions. You're having a bad day. You speak it. A bad week, a bad month. Listen. I've had bad years. And the temptation is your pain wants to speak out. When Pastor Dragoon's dog bit me in the hand last night, I wanted to speak. And it wasn't, 
glory, hallelujah. Oh, the mercy and the compassion. Oh, I feel as that dog latched onto my hand. My pain wanted to speak. I wanted to speak words. And I said, no. And so when the dog gave me my hand back, your pain wants to speak. Remember that. Your pain, you've been hurt. You've been violated. You're upset. A setback of life, a reversal. You were really hoping for that job, that promotion, and they gave it to someone else. Your pain wants to speak. Your unbelief wants to speak. And the whole time, faith is going, you have to speak for me. It's like a deaf person, that, that, or mute, that's not able to communicate. And, and what they're telling you is, I need you to speak for me. Your faith is saying, you have to give me a voice. I don't have a voice. You have to speak it. That's why the Bible says constantly, you've got to speak faith. Because faith is going, you speak for me. When you tithe, finances are tight. You, you're, you're, you've been laid off, whatever it is. When you tithe, you're giving voice to faith going, my money might be bound right now. My money might be in a tight place right now. But by faith, I'm giving my, my, my faith a voice. And you drop the offering. You're upset. You're depressed. How many have ever come to church and, 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 and you just want to cry? And, and, and it's like everything. And right there, you're, you know, the temptation is you want to speak your pain. God goes, no, 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 no. Right there, give voice to faith. But I don't feel it. Pastor, I'm afraid. I'm depressed. I'm mad. I'm upset. Pastor, right now, I, 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 you, ever, you ever wanted to just cuss? You're, you're, you're so, you're so, you just, you ever want to just scream? And God goes, no, 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 no. Right there, speak my language and you will get the attention of me, and I will draw nigh to you. When you complain, when you criticize, when you gossip, when you lie, when you say things you shouldn't, when you, when you, when you speak things that you know are not right, listen to me, you're speaking someone else's language. And hell will show up and go, ooh, you're talking my language. You're talking what I speak. You can't do that. James says, the tongue no man can tame. We can't, but God can. God can. Do you ever stop to think, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, why tongues? I mean, I mean let's be honest. Let's be honest. It, it can be kind of awkward. Got a church full of people, you know, they've come in, a bunch of visitors, you're having an, an event, and a bunch of visitors come in, hey, we're so glad you're here, hey, you're here, you know, and then, hey, let's start singing, you know, Pastor Adam starts playing, everybody's clapping and singing, and you're going, yeah. and, and then you slow it down, oh, let's sing that song, and slow it down, and you're going, ah. and, and, and then all of a sudden, he says those magic words, let's praise God. 
and all of a sudden, and then you're like, here it comes, and here's visitors going, you know, what the what? What? What is it? You ever stop to think, why tongues? Why that? Why not you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you turn blue? I mean, wouldn't that be easier? That, 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 that you can look at somebody and go, oh, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, our brother turned blue. So look at that. Woo! Look at that Smurf go. He's got, oh, she's got the spirit. Or how about flow? Wouldn't that be awesome? Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, I pray. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Why that? Because when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, because when you're speaking in tongues, God goes, I got a handle on that tongue of yours. When you're speaking in tongues, you can't lie. When you're speaking in tongues, you're, you can't gossip. You can't speak rebellion. You can't speak anger. You can't speak your unbelief because you're busy worshiping in the Lord, speaking in tongues. Because God goes, at least for those moments that you're speaking in the Holy Ghost, you're not talking stupid. God can tame the tongue. There's people here that this morning, the light's coming on. Why is my marriage going this way? Why is my life going this way? Why is everything going in this direction? And the whole time God's going, I'm over here. Your words. This morning, God's going to help people. He's going to recalibrate the GPS of your life. Let's bow our heads. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God. This morning as we get ready. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.